0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. Or so saying Three Dog Night. Harry Nilsson wrote it, and I prefer Harry's version over Three Dog Nights. Nonetheless, if you invite people to a party or a gathering at your home and only one person shows up, well, that's embarrassing. The number one in the Christian church, however, is just another number. If there's even one other person here besides me for divine service, we can go ahead and have the Lord's Supper because I can say my part and the one person can say their part. So one truly is better than none. There's nothing wrong with the number one. Or is there? One we are told can always be better. Well, of course, everything can always be better. One more person in worship each weekend is nice. One more person for Bible study on Sunday morning or during the week. Hey, that's an opportunity for that one person to learn something new that they didn't already know before. And even a newborn child being baptized adds one to our numbers. But one is never enough according to earthly ways. You can always do better, but who measures what is better? Why have one when you could have many more? Now, the Lord has blessed us with more than one person or one family returning to church after the uh, pandemic uh, hibernation or joining our congregation as an adult convert over the last few months. But some congregations, though, struggle. To see even one person or one new family a year or over a span of a number of years, join them for word and sacrament. So church officials ask with all good intentions if we are reaching more than one with the gospel in our community. And the question often turns into a contest. Can we get more than one? How about five? Do I hear 10, 15, 20, 25, 30? And the more yet sold is right. (laughs) and the more you get, well, then you get some sort of prize for having so many new people coming to church or so many new, bold, and innovative ideas in a church that will get new people because we're tired of old things or so we think, do something new. How much more money should we give in order to draw all these people to Christ? One is great. Yeah, okay, that's an increase of one. But can we do better next time, perhaps? One is never enough according to worldly standards. One cleansed leper returning to Jesus to worship him and giving thanks according to the world's eyes and maybe our own eyes. That's pitiful. Especially when there was ten. Jesus asks, where are the other Nine. Were not ten cleansed? Was no one found to return and give glory to God except this foreigner? One is better than none in Christ's church, beloved. But you cannot prove that by the world or sometimes even by ecclesiastical officials. There's always room for one more. And the need for more gives congregations in small villages like ours a big complex complex. We see how population shifts and drifts over time and how generations shift over time. We always talk about the good old days, but were they really all that good after all? Yeah, we may have had a lot more fuller pews, but there were still people who were like, ah, Christmas and Easter. Yet there was more than one person here then, and there's still more than one person here today. The Lord grows his church when and where he wills, not when and where we will. As often as we wish to play the numbers game, our Lord is in charge of it all. And there's still nothing wrong with one. One returned to Jesus, giving him thanks and praise. That's good news. One person that day recognized in Jesus the Savior of the nations. And Luke just slips it in there, if you noticed it. And he was a Samaritan. Not a Jew, a Samaritan, a foreigner, half-breed, half-Jew, half-not-Jew. One who has disqualified themselves from the kingdom of heaven, or so others think. He returns to Jesus clean, clean more than just leprosy, clean of sin. And one of his children So one really isn't all that lonely after all. Now we hear this miracle, and we want to wag our fingers at those who are not here to hear it. If only they would hear it. But what about you? Like the nine other lepers in our Lord's healing in Luke chapter 17, you too, like me, often go running. We often think, well, I got what I came for, and now I don't need to come back here anymore. Mission accomplished. Or perhaps you have no idea what's really going on here in the first place. And you'd be surprised how many people don't understand what church is about. They think it's marching orders to be nice and do good things for other people. That's a little slice of it, but there's a whole lot more going on here than what meets the eye. So you'll find what you're looking for someplace else, which is why you run. And even I run, too, from time to time. We all have our little codicil of idols that we run to, our false gods that we love to bow down to and put before our Lord and say, yeah, these really are my gods. I know where you're at, Heavenly Father, and I'll come looking for you when I need you, but right now these will do just fine. Sometimes it's a feast and sometimes it's a famine with our Lord's word. There are times, and we've had lots of them recently, where it's a feast. We rejoice. A lot of baptisms. A lot of new people coming back into church we haven't seen in a while. Or people we've never seen before. And then sometimes there is a famine where you don't see new people. You go look at the guest book and it seems like you haven't had a visitor in three years. Looking through the eyes of faith, however... All is a feast. Even if one returns, what joy we have when that one returns, giving thanks and praise to God for what he has done. And what joy we have, beloved, when that one is me. For our Lord, you see, comes looking for you. We have here tonight someone who ran back to him. These ten men knew who to call on, and they knew what they would receive. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Certainly, perhaps, they were expecting healing, but they get more than that. They get divine mercy. They get the favor of God poured down upon them. Now, perhaps like you and me, we expect Jesus to wave his hands around and say some sort of magical abracadabra thing, but he doesn't. He says, go and show yourselves to the priest. It's thought that the Jews ran to the temple and the Samaritans ran back to wherever their temple was. But for one of them, they find themselves running back to the temple with flesh on. The tabernacle who dwells among us, Jesus Christ. Mercy with skin and bones and flesh and blood. Blood shed for this Samaritan who falls at the feet of Jesus, face forward to worship him for what has just happened. He runs with joy. When we hear about our Savior meeting out his justice, when we hear about it in the Psalms, or when we hear about it in the Old or New Testament, we're often thinking that this is God who's coming to look for us with his divine two-by-four. Because we probably deserve it. No, probably doesn't work. We do deserve it because of sin. The justice, though, that Jesus comes to give doesn't look like a divine two-by-four between the eyes. It's what we expect. And when you get down right down to it, it's what we deserve. But that's the great thing about God's one-way love. It's not what we deserve. It's what we receive from a gracious God who doesn't like accounting. Accounting. And he deals in whole numbers, which makes children happy because now they don't have to talk about fractions. Whole numbers. And our Lord's not even worried about it. So when he sees one, yeah, he's kind of wistful about it. Where are the other nine? But that's the way it is, beloved. In our Heavenly Father's kingdom. They have received something. And there will always be those who believe, yeah, I got what I got, and now I can go home. They have received joy. But one returns. Because Jesus sought this one out. But he doesn't go anywhere, Pastor. The man comes running back to him, but Jesus found him. Because Jesus is the one who walked right up to the lepers, which you don't do. And he does. And he gives them mercy, not just restoration to their lives, to their families, their friends. But he breaks through and gives them peace and forgiveness and hope. Not just for a better tomorrow but for eternity. One is not a lonely number. It's enough. And yeah, there's a little irony in seeing nine keep running. And there's always going to be room for one more in his house. And his children could always do more to welcome more into his house too. Yeah, it's true. Through it all, though, beloved one, is still enough. The scriptures say one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one bread, one cup, one body, we, one God and Father of us all, seeking, saving, and welcoming the lost one at a time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.